Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. Well, and hello everybody. Um, welcome to the Cedar Slab Studios is what I'm calling it right now since I have the uh, the whole thing set up in here with a cedar slab table and the, the handmade cedar chairs. I know this is stupid. If you're listening to this, you're like, who cares? Uh, today happens to be July 10th. It is Wednesday of 2019. Um, I said that kind of weird, July 10th. of You know what I mean. Anywho, um, this is the Stuff I Heard podcast, and I am your host, Josh Peake, and... I uh, am off today. Yay, hooray, huzzah. Um, I uh, have enjoyed a few cups of coffee this morning, so if I talk a little frantic, it's because of the coffee. I totally blame it and not my total lack of attention focus through uh, ADD. I got up this morning really early, about 5.40-something, and knew I had a lot to do today. Now, there's nobody standing over me and there's nobody saying, you got to get this done today. But like you, at a certain point, you hold yourself accountable. Like when you're a kid, you're told by your parents, hey, listen, you need to clean your room. You need to cut the grass. You need to take out the trash. You need to, you know, whatever, put up the dishes, make tea, make dinner, whatever. I mean, we all had tasks as we, when we were kids, you know, things you had to do. So you think as a kid, oh, when I get older, I'm not going to do any of that crap. I'm just going to kick back and relax. And when I... When I'm home, I'm gonna I'm gonna play video games and I'm gonna listen to music and I'm gonna watch movies and and yeah yeah you can still do all that stuff but you still have to take care of the things in your house like there is a moment where you got to go and you got to pay bills or there's a moment where you got to go to the grocery store and there's a moment where you got to clean your house because if you don't you get bugs you know um, you got to be the adult and do the things that need to be done and then if you have some free time then you can enjoy whatever activity it is you like to do to relax. So for me, <clears throat> I woke up at 5.48 this morning and my brain's going, all right, now you know today we're supposed to go get gas in the truck and we got to get some groceries and we need to we need to mail this thing off and uh, we need to make some stuff. Um, I got to cook some stuff. I got to get some stuff ready. I have a trip coming up. Uh, we are taking a family trip down to Kiowa Island, which is down near Charleston. Um, the family's all getting together and spending some time together, which is pretty cool. Uh, special thanks to my mom and stepdad for making that happen. Appreciate it. Um, Kiowa is a pretty expensive place to stay, and it just so happens that they, they were able to work out something to help us go. So we get to go and enjoy some time down there as a family. We get to go. My brother's going to be there with his wife and their kids and um, it should be fun. I may have, uh, an opportunity to do a podcast with them. Then again, I may not. Uh, I'm going to try to record one while I'm there, but if I can't, then it's going to be one of those frantic things of, all right, I got to do this cause I held myself accountable. And again, nobody holds me accountable, but me like it, this is all me with my own stupid brain going, come on, we got to do this. We got to make it happen. We got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And I told my buddy Greg when he came to visit, I said, you know, the older I get and the more into these things that I get, the more I seem to be getting faster and faster, like with everything of a franticness of this has to be done, this has to be done, this has to be done, which is weird because it's so counterintuitive to being creative when you think about the fact that I made these 
these two chairs that are in my little podcast studio. Um, these are very creative. They're artistic. They're, they didn't come out of a frantic need or, or a push or a, I got to get this done. Well, that's, that's not entirely true. The first chair I made was just a sitting around in my garage looking at this stuff on a, on a nice day. I think it was like a Saturday. I had the day off or maybe Wednesday and nobody was at, nobody else was at the house. And I'm just enjoying the beautiful weather with the garage door open and, and listening to some music and looking at this one piece of wood. And I kept thinking, that's something. What is that? And before I knew it, I had built a chair. I had it framed up and I was like, I'm actually going to make a chair. No way. The second chair, though, was out of need. The second chair was literally me going, all right, let's figure it out. I need another chair. So I made this one. Well, now I'm in that weird space of I built the things that I needed, like immediate, and I don't know what to do next. So I've had it in my head about, you know, well, I got this wood that I picked up from my wife's dad down in Georgia, and uh, some of it's already like flat and level and, and it's dried out and it's ready to be done something with. And I've got ideas in my head about how to make an outside porch for the, and not a porch, an outside sofa for the deck, you know, like a patio lounge or a patio sofa. And <clears throat> I know that I got to make it low enough so that when you put pillows on it, you can sit comfortably and still be okay. So like I got to make it just a little bit lower than regular chairs, which is fine. I can do that. Um, but like in my head, I've been, I've been sketching it out and I've been trying to come up with a pattern and, you know, you can't just go out there and be like, all right, today I'm going to build something obscure. Like you got to have a plan. You got to, you got to know what you're going to do in some way. Even if it starts with just putting two pieces together or three pieces to make a back on a chair, you got to start with something. So the artistic part of it still has to be something that you can't rush. It still has to be something that you either get or you don't get. I mean, if you've got one of those mechanical brains where you're just like, okay, now we put the square pieces together and we, we drill it here and we do this and we do that, and you can follow plans. You know, you might as well buy something from, from Ikea and just follow the plans from Ikea and use that stupid Allen wrench to put everything together. Your hand gets all cramped up and you're, you've been doing this for so long you feel like you got arthritis because you can't seem to move your hand when you're done. There's like... Or you drop the stupid Allen wrench because you've been doing it too much. But like, I'm talking a legitimate one-of-a-kind piece. Every one of these is a one-of-a-kind piece. I can't, I can't duplicate these. There's no way. The wood is not the same. So I got that, okay? In my head, I've been thinking about how to fix this and how to build it and how to do it. I even got out a piece of paper and I kind of sketched out a little something I thought about making the, the back on it straight and then, you know, think using like pillows to kind of have a little bit of an angle to it. And then I thought, no, what if I actually angle the back a little bit, like give it just a little bit of a tilt. And I seen online where somebody had done just a little bit of a tilt and, you know, it looked like it was okay. But then I thought, okay, well that's okay some of the time, but there are times when you want to sit up straight. Like, so I've been going through all this stuff in my brain and thinking about how to design it and how to plan it and how to do it and... I woke up this morning thinking, okay, so we got this trip going to Kiowa. I had planned to make spaghetti ahead of time, not the whole thing, just the sauce. Um, that way I wouldn't have to buy ingredients down there where 
you got to go to a Harris Teeter and ingredients are a bit more expensive there. I can get the stuff here from Walmart and go ahead and prep it and have it ready, cooked, and then just uh, let it cool down, cover it with some uh, cling wrap, take the whole thing down there, and then the noodles, we're doing zucchini noodles. I bought some frozen zucchini noodles. I'm going to keep it in a, in a cooler. Go down there, put it all together, and we got dinner. Boom. Immediately. I don't have to spend a lot of extra time going to the store to buy the ingredients. I don't have to spend the extra time prepping this or cooking through it or whatever and then timing it out with the noodles. I can literally just heat this sauce up, have it on simmer, and then do the noodles when it's time to eat. The noodles are pretty easy to do. So, I got up this morning. I keep saying that. I got up this morning. I got up this morning and I went to the store. And went and got some gas, went to Walmart, bought the ingredients, come home, and started cooking. By 8 o'clock this morning, I had the sauce done. It was simmering. Uh, I went ahead and, and had a couple cups of coffee. I'm on my third right now. If you're enjoying some coffee right now, I know I'm, I'm enjoying mine too. Mm. It warms me all the way. <clears throat> but I was able to get all that done and then my wife wanted some breakfast sausages and she wasn't quite up yet. So I started cooking it on low and, um, started going through my Facebook feed, reading stuff and thinking, okay, I got this part of it done. I need to pack for tomorrow, which we'll do later. Once, when she gets up, you know, we'll, we'll kind of talk about what we need to take with us and get that stuff ready. Um, I need to pack a cooler, but I can do the cooler tomorrow because I want stuff to stay frozen as long as possible. Um, but I thought, okay, if I get this other stuff done and I had to make tea, anyway, get all this other stuff done, get this stuff gone in the mail, go to the, go by the ATM machine, get, get some money for our trip. I got to record a podcast because like, if I get that out of the way, then I can go out and get dirty in the garage and build something and then I ain't got to worry about it. Well, on top of wanting to do the outdoor deck patio furniture stuff, um, I have an area by my back door around the door sill where rain has kind of damaged the wood. And the last time Dad was here, he and I went out and looked at it, and we were talking about how to fix it. And that's when he introduced me to Durham's, that wood bond putty stuff. Um, he was explaining to me, you just take a chisel and chisel out what's there, and then you can take this Durham's, and you just it's, it's just a powder. You add water to it, and you work it. You work it. You you kind of you stir it and knead it, and you get it to where it's like a putty. And then you can put it over the 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 spot that's bad, and it'll harden. And he said when it's hardened, it's it's a lot like an epoxy, and it'll it'll be weatherproof, and it should hold up, and it should do the trick. And you can paint it afterwards, and and it'll be fine. And so. As I'm going in and out of the back door and thinking about where I'm going to, you know, put these couches and, and how I'm going to build them and how big I'm going to build them and, and where I want them and that kind of stuff, I keep looking at this door seal and I'm like, all right, sometimes it's about priorities. You got to do the thing that you don't want to do. You got to do, like, I want to build these these outdoor sectional couches or not sectional, but, you know, I want to build two couches and a, you know, maybe a table in, that goes in between and maybe a Maybe a little table out in front. I don't know. We'll see. Um, expect to see videos on that too, by the way. But I want to do that. I don't want to mess with this 
door seal, this, this, this damaged, water-damaged door seal. I don't want to mess with it, but I have to mess with it. Again, it's one of those things you have to do. And I know that once I get it done, then I can do the other thing that I want to do. So, it looks like I'm going to record a podcast, get this thing out there, and then I'm going to go attack this other thing. Now, with that being said, let's talk about Stuff I Heard. Because this is the Stuff I Heard podcast. You can tell other people you heard this here. But, let's talk about Stuff I Heard, okay? I um, I finished watching the Netflix show uh, Outlander. Again, it wasn't a Netflix show originally. I think it came out. I had said Showtime on the last episode, but I went back and looked, and it actually says that it was on Stars Network. I don't know what Stars is, but it, apparently it's one of those premium channel things that you pay for, and you get you know kind of like HBO and Cinemax and Showtime. Um, Stars is one of those shows and or one of those channels, and apparently they made this content for it. And <clears throat> I finished watching Outlander. The last few episodes, the last episode was like an hour and a half, and it was good. It was really good. The The way they did the last episode, it could really be like the end of the series, and you go, okay, cool, I like that. Or it could be a moment where it really transitions into a new season. They, they kind of left it at a spot where either thing could happen, which is really interesting. I didn't see it going that way. I thought this was going to wrap up on a nice little bow, and... They were going to have the the ending of it, and you're just going to be like, okay, cool, that was a good show. You know, one, one, two seasons, in and out, do your thing. 16 episodes in the first season, 13 in the second, and you go, okay, cool, and now it's done. Now, what I would like to say about it is, is I talked about the fact that, that the show was set up with time travel. There's no big spoiler there. They show that in the intro. Time travel, some kind of Stonehenge-like stone thing that this woman touched, and then she's transported back in the 1700s, and she's in Scotland. And and in her present day, it's like World War II era, or just after World War II, and she's uh, in love with this guy, or she's married to this guy named Frank. And, you know, they have a life together, and her husband Frank is a historian, and they're there in Scotland to kind of study his lineage. And he learns about some people that that was in his lineage. Well, when she goes back in time, she runs into a guy that looks just like him, but he's the bad guy. He's the, is it the protagonist or antagonist? I don't know. I don't know which is which. Anyway, he's the bad guy. Okay. And I'm of a huge opinion that shows are made by the villain. Now, hear me out. Okay. Think about movies or television shows that were really awesome. And there has to be a conflict, right? You know, Ernest Hemingway wrote Old Man and the Sea. You got man versus man, man versus nature. Man versus himself. You got Star Wars. You're looking at Darth Vader. He is like one of the ideal bad guys. When he enters the screen, he's got his own music. Dun, 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 you know, he can enter the screen and you're like, oh, it's happening now. It's, it's on. Okay. Classic bad guy. All right. Um, you know, other than like, you know, the, the slasher films like Jason, the Friday 13th stuff and uh, Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street, um, the Saw dude, you know. Those are bad guys, but like those are designed solely for the the horror genre 
or the slasher genre, whatever you want to call it, thriller. Um, <clears throat> but like shows where there's a bad guy, most recently, I like to think about the Marvel stuff that Netflix had put on, Daredevil. Daredevil had Vincent D'Onofrio playing Kingpin. And when he was on the screen, like, you were drawn in to him being the bad guy. He was one of those guys that they get to show you their, their history and you realize, okay, I can see how he transitioned to be this person and I totally get why he feels this way and why he's this aggressive and, and what broke in his brain to make him this person. But also, he's one of those guys that when you see on the screen, you're like, golly, I'm drawn to this this whole conflict between these two guys because... I mean, there are times when they need each other and there are times when they fight each other, and, but you can't take your eyes off of him when he's on the screen because he is such a powerful force. It's like in Batman, you got the Joker. Every time the Joker is ever in Batman, you're just like, whoa. I mean, you're in it. But you got to have that powerful bad guy. you got to have that, that yin versus yang. you got to have, in order to have a good story arch with the good guy conquering at some point, you got to have the bad guy that, that just keeps him in check and, and can somehow, you know, find every little niche where, where they're, they're battling against each other. You know, you got Superman and Lex Luthor, okay? Superman's got superpowers. Lex Luthor's just a dude. I mean, a rich dude, but just a dude. And there, yeah, every time you see a Lex Luthor character on screen with Superman, you're like, oh, this is going to be good because it's one of those well-written characters. So this this guy in Outlander, this British soldier, his name is, uh, I think in the past his name is uh, something Randall. Anyway, they always call him, you know, Colonel Randall or Blackjack Randall or anyway. Every time you see Randall on the screen, you're you just know... It's about to go down, like something bad's about to happen. I mean, he is a bad guy. And he draws your attention. And he is a brutally, horrifically dangerous bad guy. I mean, he does awful things to everybody that he comes into contact with. But she's in a weird position of she knows the future. And she knows that he is supposed to have a kid who one day becomes her husband's descendant. So she's like, I, you know, this guy deserves to die. This guy's the bad guy, but also he has to, he has to sire a child. He has to, at some point, have a relationship with a woman and have a kid because otherwise my husband in the future doesn't exist and he doesn't deserve that. He's a nice guy. He's, he's kind hearted and he's sweet. And now the cool thing is the show, of course, is a show they have the same actor playing both spots. So the guy like in regular time, you know, in the, in the late forties is a sweetheart. He's a nice guy. He's lovely. He loves her. He's kind to her. He's, he's a very gentle guy, but the actor playing black Jack Randall in the past is a murderous rapist, awful, 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 awful person, terrible person. I mean, such a bad guy that when he enters the screen, like my skin crawls. I'm like, ooh, I just can't stand this guy. But they did a good job of it. The actors did a good job. The writers did a good job. You know, it was on Stars. Probably nobody watched it. I hope people watch it on Netflix. You know, I don't know if they're going to make any more. If this is the only two seasons, so be it. But man, that dude is such a good actor. 
him playing that part is just the, the an amazing part. And he is just hateful. Ugh. Despicable. And yet, in the future, he's just the total opposite. So, anyway, if you haven't seen it and you're curious just because of my description, go check it out. It's worth a watch. <clears throat> I, um, I also started watching... Uh, a series that came out recently on Netflix called The Chef Show. C-H-E-F, Chef. Now, I don't know if anybody's ever watched the movie Chef. Um, the actor and director and writer was John Favreau. John Favreau is the guy who did Swingers. Um, he revitalized, he's the one that did Iron Man. He was the director of Iron Man. He played Happy on Iron Man. He was like his chauffeur guy. Um, he's directed lots of the Marvel Universe movies. Um, he's helped write them. He's a producer on a lot of them. Very neat guy. Well, he did a Netflix movie a while back called Chef. And I watched this movie with my dad, uh, up in Maine. And I was really impressed. Like, I don't know how dad found it or it's one of those things where it's like, you might like this movie. And it's like, all right, sure. It sounds cool. The movie was great. The movie, the movie was, uh, a guy who, runs a restaurant and he's divorced from his wife and and he's kind of missing out on his life with his kid. He's got a he's got a son, he's missing his life with a kid and he's trying to date this younger girl that works in the restaurant, Scarlett Johansson. <clears throat> Worthwhile. Um but in the meanwhile, like his business is suffering, his personal life is suffering, and at a certain point he loses the restaurant. He mouths off at the wrong person and he gets fired and he has to start completely over and he goes out and buys a food a food truck, like one of those that they cook inside and then you serve them out, the, out of the side of the window. He buys a food truck, and him, him and his buddy and his son end up going on the road making, making food. And he apparently did a lot of research with some really good chefs. One of them is a guy named Roy Choi. Now, Roy Choi, in real life... Uh, sort of went along this path and had a food truck delivery thing, company, whatever, called Kogi. And Kogi was real big all over. Kogi got really big in L.A. Um, I think Gwyneth Paltrow introduced him to John Favreau on the set of Iron Man. She had him show up one day for food, and they were blown away. They got to talking, and John floated this idea of a movie passed him and he was like, I like it. I can help you. And they, they formed a friendship. Okay. So let's fast forward here. This show, the chef show is a lot about the movie and a lot about people they know and a lot about just food that they enjoy cooking. And you get to watch them prep the food together. They tell you how they make it. They show you little inside, you know, tips and stuff like that. And it's a good show. Like each episode's only like 17 or 18 minutes long. I enjoyed it. There's only, I don't know, eight episodes or so. You can fly through them. Just It's one of those things you can turn on in the evenings if you just kind of want to chill and, and not really get overly excited about a movie or you know a show or something like that. You can turn it on and be like, oh, this is kind of calming. I like this. And also you can learn some things. You, you kind of watch the way they prep stuff and you go, yeah, I never thought about mixing those flavors. That looked pretty cool. I think I can do that. So anyway, go check out The Chef Show. Um, I also watched a movie last night. It was on HBO, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, I know this went to the movie theater, and a lot of people went to go see it. The guy who played Freddie Mercury in this 
won an Oscar. Like he he was incredible. Um, as we're watching it, I kept thinking, I know this guy from somewhere. Turns out he was in the uh, uh, the movie National. Was it no Night at the Museum with Ben Stiller, where the at night the some special Egyptian tablet makes all the the things come to life at night. Anyway, he was in that. He he played like an Egyptian pharaoh, um, Ramsey or whatever, uh, or Tutankhamen. I don't know whichever one. He played the Egyptian guy. Anyway, he's an Egyptian actor in, in real life. Um, the Freddie Mercury character. I didn't know that Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury uh, was originally from Zanzibar. Um, in my memory, I always pictured Freddie Mercury as he was towards later in life when he did Live Aid with the, uh, with the little mustache and the really short cut hair and flamboyant outfit and stuff like that. And, um, so I really didn't have any expectations other than I knew that at some point he was going to transform as an actor to look like that. And the guy was great. The actor was great. He had an incredible voice. I don't know if that was his real voice or if they had somebody else dubbed in, but almost every time he spoke, like I was like, wow, this guy's voice is really good. Um, you get to see him go down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out how to be in a band and having a relationship with a woman that he loved and then at a certain point realizing that he liked guys and, you know, the band succeeding and you as a kid I didn't know anything about Queen other than their music like they hit it popular when I was just a little kid I think their first hit was in 77 I was born in 74 I remember being a kid and calling a radio station and saying hey can you play this and radio stations used to love it when kids would call in and request rock and roll music. But you could call, you used to be able to call into radio stations and be like, hey, uh, can you play so-and-so? And they would be like, yeah, I'm going to get that on for you right now. And they'd, they'd, they'd play it. And it was really cool. And <clears throat> the only thing I knew about Queen was Freddie Mercury had died of AIDS and that they put out a lot of hits. And my stepdad growing up, Dave, had uh, all of their records. And I knew that when I played them, they were all great. Like, every song was really good. What I didn't know that I learned from the movie was that every one of the guys in the band was super smart, and they all contributed a lot to who they were, and they really thought outside the box. They really pushed the limits of what genres were supposed to be and what they were supposed to be. And they just wanted to... They wanted to outwork and outthink everybody, and at the time, they did. It's a really good movie. It's like two hours and 17 minutes long. Worth it. Go watch it on HBO. It is a great movie. Great soundtrack. I uh, I turned on my surround sound in the living room just to hear the, the music, because I knew at some point, I'd seen in the previews, I knew at some point they were going to have the, the We Will Rock You, the and I was like, I want to hear that through the speakers. I want to hear that thunderous doom, doom, tsh, doom, doom, tsh. So I was like, I got I to gotta set this up. And it did not disappoint. It was fantastic. There's a lot of music in it. There's a lot of stuff going on. I told Dolores, I said, you know, watching this, like, it was it was fantastic. But it just makes me want to see that movie Rocket Man even more. The, uh, the Elton John story. <laughs> As I'm watching this, I was like, God, this is good. But I still want to see Rocket Man. 
So that's on the list. I'm sure at some point it'll come to a, uh, some kind of service that I can watch here at the house. Um, but yeah, it's good stuff. The guy deserved an Oscar. Like he was great. Um, Hey, look at there. I'm almost at, uh, 30 minutes. So I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up. <clears throat> Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, appreciate all the people, uh, commenting on YouTube and, uh, Hope everybody's uh, enjoying their work week. Hopefully you're not melting out there. It has been ridiculously hot here. Um, the wind has just decided it was going to stop blowing for the last week. So almost every time we go outside now, we melt. Um, pray for us here in uh, Florence, South Carolina, because we are in the heat wave. We are in the, the punishing time of the year when it comes to weather. If you live somewhere nice, relish in it, enjoy it. Um, I'm going to try and enjoy it with the air conditioning that I have here. <laughs> For the little bit I'm going to go outside and work, I'm going to try and uh, keep a fan on me at all times so I don't overheat, pl drink plenty of water. Um, hey, I appreciate every one of you. Thank you for sticking in. And uh, remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. And, uh, you know, let me know if you've got a topic you want to talk about or if you want to be part of this. Um, if you've been on before and you want to be on again, let me know. I'm here, man. I got two chairs. I'm always looking at an empty one. So y'all take care. Thanks for listening and cue the cow. Uh.